a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. With me today, Dr. Liz Hale. She is a marriage and family therapist. And today we are talking about what to do when the marital religion is no longer one's decision. And Dr. Liz, let's talk about this. Uh, People get married and again, they have expectations of what that marriage is going to look like, uh, the church that they're going to spend their lives in. And so I'm imagining how uh, painful it is when one of the spouses decides, or the partners decides, hey, this is no longer what I want to do. This is no longer what I believe. It is absolutely devastating. And partners will actually say, they'll turn to their partner and say, I feel so betrayed. This is not what I signed up for, right? I feel completely duped. Any difference, obviously, can be a reason for divorce, right? Anyone makes any reason, uh, a good reason, I suppose. But what makes this decision so difficult, Maria, is that religion is inextricably tied to culture. Um, It's involved in the complexities of money, tithing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. food, family, socials, ceremonies, and celebrations. And children. And children, especially. It's It's very hard to separate out any of those factors. Some couples choose to stay together while others choose to end their marriage, um, deciding that this religious difference is just too difficult to overcome. And I support both sides. I was going to say, how do you counsel? counsel? This is such a difficult decision. I guess it really depends on how you live your life and how important it is for your spouse to be part of that same cultural and religious um, experience. That's true. And I, and I really do th- suggest that couples look for a good marriage counselor, right? A professional who can help them really look honestly at all the factors of marriage in order to make this best decision possible um, for themselves, for their children. It, you know, even extended family are involved, right? Because of the culture of a religion. Um, and, and sometimes they do have to make a new decision and they need to learn how to become successful co-parents. So religious decisions are very personal and very emotional. And I also find that there are these two common myths when it comes to religious differences that couples need to dispel to, to work, Mm -hmm, to work mm -hmm. effectively around this. The first myth is that only interchurch or interfaith couples have important religious differences. Well, the truth is religious differences exist between all couples, right? Even those of us who belong to the same church, the same religion. So two Catholics, for example, may differ on how important attending churches to them or mass or which teachings they believe in. And then a second myth is this belief that religious differences are inherently problematic. There's some truth to this myth, right? Like I said, it's devastating for many, many people. Unfortunately, human beings have a tendency to mistrust differences, and they can have a negative view towards people 
who have a different belief. So this one gentleman, Charles, admitted that in the beginning of his marriage, he said uh, there were religious differences to start with. He said, I, you know, I had pretty well all the answers and I knew what I believed. And by golly, um, she was wrong, my wife, and I was going to make sure that she knew it. And therefore, religious differences do have the potential to create problems if individuals are not careful in how they approach those differences. What this myth does not acknowledge, though, is that religious differences can lead to positive outcomes if they're effectively handled. Okay, talk about that. Yeah, well, couples um, often find, to their surprise, that they have to try a little bit harder than the average bear if they have these religious differences, mm-hmm. right? They can't just rely on their roles, defined roles. They have to try even harder to find ways to connect. So in some ways, those couples do even better. Isn't that fascinating? That is So, for instance, let's say, you know, they are uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. One doesn't drink coffee and one does. So the coffee maker becomes this issue now. How do they both respectfully work around the coffee maker? Does he take the coffee maker to work? Or does she actually set up the coffee maker for him so he can have his cup of coffee in the morning? There are ways to work around these differences that are respectful and individualistic, but still show love for the couple. So they just have to try a little bit harder. I'll never forget this couple that came in. Um, she was very pregnant. They were both professionals, just sharp. They were getting ready to to move to another part of the country with this great job offer. And they had not been married that long. And um, he had announced to her that he no longer bought into their family religion. He just couldn't do it anymore. And she, again, felt duped. But after two hours of meeting together in session, she turned to me and she said, so... Are we going to be okay? You know, are we going to make it? Because she and, still loves this person, despite the fact that he's changed his thoughts on religion. And very pregnant belly, mind right. you, right? Expecting this new baby. Coming, yes. And I wish I had a, a magic ball. And I kind of wish I could have been more encouraging, Maria. But I think at, at the time, the best thing that came out of my mouth was, you will need to try harder. You could do this. But you will have to keep the lines of communication open and you will have to revisit this again and again with every new celebration, every nuance that comes up. Well, and it's tough because if you have your own religion and it means a lot to you. Yes. Um, it's you're, When you talk about celebrations, I mean, all of the celebrations in the child's life surround their religion or many of them. Right? Yes, that's so true. That's so true. You know, I think what's another good thing about having different beliefs is that it does strengthen your own. It helps you really dig deep, like, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're both doing that, you can come to the table and find, hopefully, the best of, of what you have to offer. And finding, like, the first point is the commonalities. You know, what do we agree on? Where do we, where do we meet in the middle? For instance, on, on raising children, one of my favorite books to offer couples who are of different differing beliefs is called The Book of Virtues by William Bennett. Mm-hmm. It's a thick book, and it's just wonderful, non-denominational, but it's all these little factors of, of virtues that you can teach your children, things that most of us, I think, would want our children to know, but they're not of a particular religion. So embrace good works. Find the best you can find that you can teach your children. Right. I know two couples that fit into this category, Dr. Liz. Nice. They're older couples, and they've made it through. And from just my perspective of watching them, the reason they were able to make it is neither one gave up on what they thought and they didn't judge each other for their decisions. Wow. Wow. So that's it. My mother-in-law, she went to church every day. She had changed religions and my father-in-law had kind of fallen away from religion, even though he was very spiritual and believed in God. It was the religion problem. He had a problem with the particular religion. 
but they were both very spiritual. They prayed in their home, um, but he did not always participate with her at church. He would go on occasions that were special to her, for example. Right. So I think that's why that work, that marriage continued to work. Is the respect. Of, yes. And the individuality. And she it didn't is, nag him to go to church. Right. She right? let him be. She let him have his but beliefs. But then she, if there was something special, he recognized that that was a time that he should be a part of something that meant a lot to her. What an example of unconditional love, right? Right. And really being confident in your own soul, being able to have that personal relationship of whatever you believe with your own God or maker um, or Buddha, whatever your beliefs are, right? That you can own that individual perspective and and belief system. And not nag the other person, though. And it's, really, it's I not think when you start that. trying to change their mind... And that becomes the focus that's probably where even more conflict be, you know, right. derives You're from. Right. right. And that's such a good point. And conflict is perpetual, right? Like right. John Gottman would say, nearly 70% of our disagreements are perpetual. They will not be resolved. And religion could be one of them. So for for those couples who think, oh, my gosh, this is a problem that will never get resolved. Well, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And that we can't fix normal. That is common. That's what our research shows. And so again and again, you will have to have this constant dialogue about about how do we respect each other. Yeah, so talk about that dialogue. How should that look when a couple realizes they have such differences? I think there's even certain questions to entertain, to ask each other. What do you feel when you worship, for instance? You know, what's the core meaning of your faith, sweetheart, for you? What's most important to you about your faith? Um, how does your religion relate to your childhood and your family? In other words, just get very curious, not furious or not petrified by these differences because the differences are what make us even better together. And they do. They strengthen us individually. If we were both the same, um, how boring would that be? And I think we came together to learn how to better love each other. And it's our differences that help us be more unconditional in our love. There is no challenge, right, if we're the same. Right. So we're, then— what can we take away from this? What is the bottom line for folks that are facing the situation? Good news is that most of the time, couples can find ways to build bridges. They build bridges of love and understanding, even dealing with such impactful differences. Just don't give up. I think the most important thing is to keep communicating and keep sharing and keep listening, right? We are so good at talking. <laughs> Few of us are really good at listening. I do it for a living and I'm living and I'm still lousy at it, Maria. But listen, listen with your heart, not just with your ears and understanding of what makes this so important to you. All right. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.